Hi, I'm Andy Lewis, the writer of The Optionist, a weekly guide to the best material available now that will be the hits of tomorrow, whether it's books, magazine articles, or podcasts. Sign up at theoptionist.substack.com to get it on Fridays. Stay tuned for the Ankler News Podcast next. Hello, welcome to the Ankler Hot Seat Podcast. I'm Janice Min, your host today with Tatiana Siegel. Hi, Tatiana. Hey, Janice. And Sean McNulty, the writer of our awesome The Wake Up Newsletter. Hi, Sean. Hello, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, Please like and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts every day. And remember to subscribe today to The Ankler at theankler.com. The New York Times calls it a hit Hollywood newsletter. So we're going to go through a bunch of topics really quickly today. Um, We have Sean's favorite topic, earnings, but like lots of headlines out of um, out of these earnings calls this week. It's not your usual kind of gloss over stuff. Um, let's see some interesting announcements out of Toronto and Venice Film Festivals. Um, but oh god, we have to talk about Peacock. But um, first, I I just want to acknowledge this these funny last 24 hours where we where Norman Lear turned 100 and he had this kind of amazing op-ed in the New York Times um and Alan Horn has become a consultant to Warner Brothers um to the film studio and he's 79 79 yes exactly <laughs> so like is 79 the new 40 like <laughs> you know like explain i don't know do you do you both have thoughts on that uh, definitely. It's it's funny. I um, We're going to be talking to Kevin Smith for a separate podcast, but he did the Shatner interview in yeah. Comic-Con and like he's 90 and went to space. And my son said something like, well, I guess 90 is the new 40. Right. And I was like, yeah, kind of. Because <laughs> like going to space, you actually need a lot of um, endurance. Yeah. And all of the, you know, Alan Horn. Uh, Norman Lear. I mean, I think it's awesome that people are, you know, not really just calling it in or, you know, walking off into the sunset and, you know, still contributing. Yeah. Well, our two presidential candidates uh, last round were both also <laughs> let's, let's remember who's in the who's in the White in the White House right now, um, who's also of a similar age. So it's not like it's you know uh, it is a bit out there in the in the public, but it's I guess becoming a little more, I don't know the ageism is not over I guess, but it's uh, but Alan and you know, in terms of Alan, he just has so much to offer, and he's just he's a guy who's just you know out there. He left Disney in October. And if you have access to that person, and he's and he knows Warner Brothers like the back of his hand, obviously, or did at some point, and probably still does. It's kind of a hey, you want to come help us out? And he's probably like, what else am I doing right now? You know, it's just like you get what else is there to do? And I'm sure Alan still loves the business as much as he always has. So, special advisor, great. Yeah, it's. But I think it's also one of those things. If you're younger, it can be incredibly frustrating. Whether it's politics oh, yeah. or, I mean, it's just like, come on, like clear out everybody, <laughs> like let some new blood he's in. A like special it's like, advisor, though, so he's not he's like special. I'm he, the new CEO. So it's not like Mike DeLuca and, and Pam are reporting into him, you know. And I think, I mean, uh, right. do you know Alan at all, Janice? Or um, yeah, I've, yeah, he seems like a gentlemanly, he's such a person. lovely person. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know if he's going to come in and be like, hey, Mike, here's what you have to do. It's more like, yeah. how can I be a help to you, which I think is a great role to have for the right person and personality, which this sounds really smart, and I'm really happy to see it. 
yeah it's not like those guys who need to cling to power till till like you know the the body bag shows up um so (laughs) (laughs) um uh all right well uh good for them i I will say happy birthday norman um okay so sean like like nerd out on us a second here um uh, uh tell us it's the headlines don't seem great um so i think maybe lead with peacock if you can sure peacock uh, we're recording on thursday peacock came out this morning uh you know there's no growth so that's not good um, what do you mean no growth like they added no like, paying subscribers. They netted no paying subscribers. So I'm sure people dropped off. I'm sure people signed on, but they've also they didn't delineate a lot of this stuff, and they don't go into Peacock a lot. Like r- remember, they're part of Comcast, and Comcast makes money by yeah. selling you broadband and selling you cable TV. Peacock is you know kind of a sixth or seventh or whatever line item in their thing. So no one's asking a lot of questions, but. They've launched in the UK. They've launched as a with, in partnership with Sky. So all those Sky subscribers get Peacock. They don't delineate how many of those 13 million are put into this number. They don't delineate all the Comcast, Cox, and Charter subscribers. They get Peacock Premium for free. They don't delineate who is actually paying outside of, I'm not calling them free, free ones, but they're people who get Peacock Premium as part of another package. So... There's not a lot of data here, so to be zero growth with all those factors at this point, and you know, there's nothing. Q2 was quiet, you know, and it's it's weird. It's just weird, Jess. I'm sorry. Well, okay, so if you're if you're Comcast, you're thinking I'm gonna double down on spending on this. Well, that's this is the question, and again, no one's asking this either. They're gonna lose 2.5 billion dollars on Peacock this year. They've already lost a billion dollars on Peacock, so it's you know, they're. Comcast is very profitable. They can afford it to a degree, but this isn't like, oh, we spent a few hundred million on this thing to see if it works out. Like $2.5 billion in one year, and you're only returning 13 million quote unquote paying subscribers. You know, the real question is going to come in Q4. I mean, they've really bad. They have a David E. Kelly show, they have the Best Men Holiday series, they have a few more things going on. Uh, They're giving it a little patience, but I got to wonder what the 2023 budget allocation is for peacock if those numbers if we're still talking 13 16 million subscribers by december uh at what point do you go is this really a model we want to spend three billion dollars a year on and that's you know a little tbd it's it's still july wow um do you think do you think a year from now one of these places will have just folded up shop you know um uh, the economy will have a lot to do with it. And Comcast also, not to get super nerdy on it, their broadband subscribers flatlined as well, which is where they actually make their real money at. So if that continues, this $2.5 billion of spending on Peacock will be like, uh, yeah, we can't, this doesn't make any more sense for us. It's easy to spend that money when you're adding, you know, the pandemic was a boom for, for broadband subscribers because everybody was at home that's gone or seemingly gone and their stock is down 8% today in trading cuz like oh the way you make money is <laughs> you also <laughs> froze at which isn't great so well, i'm not going to say they actually you know, hurt by the olympics like you know they, they had this a good was, q1 yeah 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 and, and super like bowl the, and Bel-Air. the yeah um, yeah so 
Yeah, it's a fa- in Q2, they really didn't have much of anything in Premier League, which is their other kind of streaming thing that, that ended in May. So there wasn't much going on. And, and back in Q1, Comcast said, we're not going to, you know, Q2 is going to be pretty bad and we're not going to have too much growth until Q4. So internally, they know that they're, they're giving it patience. But I'm just saying, and Janice, to your point, a year from now, will this still be acceptable? Is, is this, you know, I don't see how this kind of thinking still goes on. Um, Kelly Campbell joined from Hulu back in October. She's now nine months in, so she'll be given the year, you know, the Q4 to make her stamp. And then it's like, all right, where are, where are we? What does it look like? And Janice, to your point, I think by January, that question is going to come up a lot of like, is this still a worthwhile endeavor? But we'll see. Fair. Um, now, I think Tatiana was curious about you know, Facebook. The meta, meta meta or ache, now known as <laughs> rebranded as meta. Um, so like, I think in, in the schadenfreude sweepstakes, like face Facebook meta is sort of somewhere, maybe it's ahead of Netflix, but like maybe second place a bit people, you know, the momentum, the narrative became real bad. Um, and, um, uh, so what 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 are what's the takeaway from what they reported, Sean? Yeah, their two main big headlines are they lost money year over year for the first time ever. So that's a problem, obviously. Uh, their profit also dropped thirty three percent. So versus last Whoa. year. So this metaverse funding that isn't cheap was being funneled by all the tens of billions of profits they make every quarter now it's down to six billion i know can they get by um but (laughs) you know it's like oh okay this is your you know all of your the future of your company (laughs) is the the thing that's funneling it is slowing down um so the growth is plateau again familiar genesis we kind of talked about this with netflix as well the growth is plateauing all these hot 2010 businesses of social media and streaming are becoming mature businesses and this was the quarter that Facebook became mature or meta for lack of a better term. So the question becomes, he's, uh, there's a great piece that I linked to in uh, the newsletter, the wake up this morning, but from the verge about this staff call he had on June 30th, where he was just like, people were like, um, do we still get to keep our meta days, which were like, kind of like personal days they gave in COVID. And he's like, you're not hearing the tone of my voice right now. Like old Mark is kind of back of like, we need to fix this now. So it's they're they're white knuckling it a little bit over there too. Uh wow. And I yeah. then of course there was the Kylie Jenner. Uh, <laughs> well, well then there's the pivot to TikTok, yes, which the pivot to TikTok, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which I've I've written about enough in my newsletter to say that I'm not a fan and I'm team Kylie on uh, on this one. Uh so uh, they're doubling down. I mean, uh, Adam Masseri, who's the head of Instagram, sent you know, had felt he had to respond when Kylie and and uh, Kim put out this for retweeted this like keep Instagram Instagram don't make it TikTok, and Zuck was doubling down saying a year from now there'll be twice as many things in your feed from accounts that you don't follow, which is oh, essentially the randomness well, of TikTok. That so they're taking exciting. <laughs> yeah, the reason <laughs> you've gone to Facebook. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the reason you've gone to Facebook and Instagram for fifteen years is now going to be take it away and be like, nope, we're now TikTok and deal with it. And they're thinking this is the strategy. So we will see. All right. Um, well, let's, let's talk about um, 
Netflix because we always have to talk about Netflix. So, <laughs> okay, so we we went through this, you know, we've been through this uh, year with a lot of people, you know, trying to write a negative or telling a negative narrative of Netflix. And there was a lot of negativity to write about. But Tatiana, there were some announcements that in the last um, couple days where you're like, oh, okay, Netflix is probably just fine. And uh, do you want to do you want to talk about what some of those were? Um, so you're talking about the Gray Man sequel and spinoff being announced? Yeah, but then also, am I right, Venice and Toronto? Oh, yeah. So Netflix does have the opening night slot um, for both the, of those film festivals. Although I would argue that having the opening night slot at Toronto is kind of a cursed spot position. It's net there like the last few years it's always been a movie that just is doa like remember that shia labeouf one where he played john McEnroe and oh my god um, no i don't but now i do (laughs) (laughs) i remember like being there for opening night and they had the little like um headbands like you know like that McEnroe used to wear and actually shia is a fantastic John McEnroe, he sort of embodied like, but that movie did nothing. I can't even remember who Bur- Borg 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 was. Um, Bjorn Borg. Borg. Oh, Bjorn Bjorn, Bjorn Borg. Yes. Yeah, yes. like oh, one of those Scandinavian actors. Um, yeah. The, the, and then there was a a net, Netflix actually had the opening night slot maybe two three years ago with that Chris Pine movie. Um, another one that like you know after bowing there, no one talked about it or um aaron taylor johnson was in it um yeah i don't know if it's such a a great um a a great thing venice may be a little more impressive it sort of is uh saying you know um netflix is kind of more um like higher quality or something i don't know It, it definitely is a little bit of a statement but um yeah, that that would be the 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 good news for Netflix this week as they secured the opening night film at two major film festivals. I mean, you know, whether they're cursed slots or not, it is coveted, right? You get the headline, and it cements you as like I am a capital S serious awards contender, right? Um, but are like are people okay? I feel like every single person I know who has gone to Europe so far this summer has come home uh with covid and and regretting having gone to europe oh, no. are, people, are people going to are they going to go to these big crowded festivals you know like i i've been to both canada and europe this summer and Europe was fine for me, but we'll have to get Richard's take when he gets back. But um, <laughs> Canada, I, ju- I just was in Canada for three days and it was an absolute nightmare. Like I am still like, and I'm fully vaxxed and boosted. It was, it's not easy. And Wait, what do you mean? No one ever said, there's nothing nightmarish about Canada. What is nightmarish? What was nightmarish about Canada? Oh, there there are things that are nightmarish about Canada. You and I just haven't noticed because we don't have DUIs, but like in our past. But like I remember Lindsay Lohan was like barred from entering the country because she had had a DUI in her past. And I remember Dana Brunetti also told me like he showed up uh, like he was driving to set for I think it was like Fifty Shades of Grey. And he had a DUI from like 25 years earlier or something like that they they will not let you in the country. So they're super strict on 
all the COVID protocols, which is like, I'm fine. I got all my, you know, passports and everything, but it's still not good enough. It was like you, it just was incredibly complicated. Well, I don't Um, understand you're at the border and like a Mountie is not letting you through for hours. (laughs) Is that what's what's happening? Like you have to do these like can passports, like C-A-N, like, and fill everything out ahead of time for everybody in your travel party, which I did. And I must not have done one page of the form. And it was like at the border immediately, like go over there, like stuck in, you know, and then had to do these like elaborate steps where um, had to do a a COVID test on day one and day eight. And I'm like, listen, I'm gone in three days. Like, and, and like, oh I can God. go back to America. Right. And they're like, well, we can't stop you, but, <laughs> but they're still emailing me and calling my cell phone every day. Like, have you taken your day eight COVID test yet? And I'm like, oh my I'm God, gone. you're, I'm, I'm you're going to end up on an international watch list. You're going to lose your TSA pre-status or something because of all this Tatiana. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm not good at, filling out forms like that's why i was like what are people who aren't good at filling out forms going to do with all this yes there's a literacy bias there obviously so um (laughs) uh wait but sean okay the gray man i want to hear your take on this because i believe well how did it we we it, it launched, which now you know <laughs> I know. It did add to Netflix, exactly. And um, how did it do? Do we know? Uh, yeah, and actually, just I just wrote uh, my breakdown for the uh, the Wake Up newsletter for tomorrow, so this will be broken down a bit more. Um, but you know, they, they, Netflix always releases their hour streamed uh, metric, which actually is useful when you have movies that are of similar length, because then you could actually do the math on it. When you have a series that's five episodes and a series that's eight episodes, minute streamed means absolutely nothing because it doesn't, the shows are longer movies. If they're both two hours, assuming everybody watches the movie and, you know, finishes it and no one's watching it twice. There's certain things you just don't know, but it's not a bad metric. So essentially, uh, it's it did okay. it did well, but it did about as well as Adam Sandler's Hustle. Um, it didn't do anywhere near as well as Red Notice, um, or even the Adam Project did better than it uh, in terms of opening in terms of first weekend views. So it, it'll has right. a long road, you know. So that caveat, but the the Netflix I put in you know, opening weekend on Netflix. It's not. It Whatever wasn't, that means. Exactly. What is as, yeah, as what's best like as the budget determine. on something like? Well, that's just the question. How much did you spend on hustle, and why you're spending two hundred million dollars? Like you know, Red Notice. They've also spent, I think, at least two hundred million on whatever it was. You know, yeah. so that, but that did a, a number that was far bigger of a hit than the Gray Man, according to their own metrics that they release. Which is like, all right, this is all you're giving us. This is what we can deduce from it. So not bad. It's still like it equates to about forty four million viewers or accounts if you want globally um okay so which is an impressive number um but i think red notice was something like 70 or i you know it's in the newsletter tomorrow but um it was i mean uh, though with red notice that was like everybody was at home being held hostage to well, it was November last year. COVID it lockdown, right? I yeah, mean, well, I mean, ish. That still was, kind it of had like a winning combination. You have, you know, Dwayne Johnson. He was everywhere. Yeah, like it, they it, all it, were. 
Yeah. And and they they promoted the hell out of the movie. And, you know, it it sort of worked for what it was. And I think that that's the kind of movie that Netflix actually is smart spending two hundred million dollars on. Yeah, yeah. And, a smart thing to do. <laughs> and, you know, Richard's <laughs> written a lot about just, you know, they had this standing start with no uh, with no original IP and they got to lay some chips down. So now we're going to have a gray man universe, it looks like. Right. Yeah. The, <laughs> here's, <laughs> the announcement wasn't a green like we've ordered this. It's like we're doing this, which like it. I, I don't know. It was, a, you know, they announced a, a sequel with Ryan and they announced that the Deadpool writers were doing um, a spinoff. Right. They're writing one. It's not even done yet. So, you know, that's a long ways away. But which is which is like development. It's not like we've written another two hundred million dollar check for Gray Man 2. I mean, they might Got have, it. but it wasn't worded like a typical like we've spent two hundred million dollars on a Brad Pitt F1 movie like we're you know that we're doing it. So it's the language is not that they don't think they won't do it, but it's just interesting. It was kind of gray. Ha ha. Oh boy. <laughs> there you go. That's why you get the big bucks, Janice. That's yeah. it. Um, so you're it's, right, you know, Sean, though. Like you can read a lot into the way, like something yeah, is worded you know, in a press release. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen this and it wasn't the typical, we've ordered this. We're going to put in production by end of year. And we're going to, you know, it was just like, yeah, we're going to write a scripts and um, Ryan's in and the Russo brothers are back. And we'll see you when we see you kind of thing. But uh, do you know, do you know, have people been talking to you about the gray man? Any, I mean, I'm just curious, word of mouth. Do you guys talk to a lot of people? Absolutely not. Not one, (laughs) not one. Maybe not the demo. I don't know. But um, yeah, so there's that factor where that red notice, I think people did, were talking about it and, you know, whether they loved it or not, but they watched it and they engaged with it. And so it's, it's a curious movie. It's a curious, they've doubled and tripled down on this franchise, they're they're sticking with it so we will see what transpires all right well more power to them exactly Um, (laughs) um then um i feel like you know let's talk about this hulu political advertising situation like i think this is interesting and sean i would love your take because you're writing a lot about the advertising woes that are coming that are being revealed through the earnings reports and um and then you know hulu has you know, the Washington Post uh, did the story about um, that they weren't accepting certain political advertising, and maybe they are now. Can you can you explain? Yeah, and it's kind of Disney had these kind of like don't say gay like echoes of like we're doing this. No, wait, we're not doing that. You know, had yeah. that kind of same. It wasn't at the uh, same kind of scale certainly, but yeah, Hulu had said we're not accepting political ads with certain topics, and there was lists of I think guns was one and a few other things, and then some politicians were like raising arms, and then they've come back and said we will accept some. I don't know if it's a, a blanket. There's a lot of nuance here that I'm I don't even know has been decided yet, but. In the end, back to your money about the business, you know, political advertising is a, there's a lot of money in that. I mean, especially um, coming up over the next, especially coming up uh, in the fall. Exactly. Yeah. So, if Hulu's going to be like, we're not doing that, then great, uh, you know, fine. But if they're, they're shutting out a big chunk of money and then and now they've come back and, but you know, the thing about this that's not being talked about is like the user experience. Who wants to watch more political ads? I mean, if Hulu as a service is saying, we don't want to, 
provide this experience for our users. They're not legally bound to do this. Broadcast networks yeah. have a different FCC, you know, obligation. Well, I- I mean, I've I've always found when I had I switched to ad free Hulu because I found the ad experience a pretty jarring on Hulu. Oh wow! It was, okay. and I was, yeah, Same. yeah. I, I was watching. I maybe we talked about this on an earlier podcast. I was watching Handmaid's Tale, um, you know, when it was ad ad supported and had to switch because it was like the most dramatic moments, like someone's getting raped and then it was like you know, an ad pops up and it was so i think that i think you're right in that you know if that yeah, becomes a political ad if that was an anti-abortion ad in the middle of that like right. you know i mean of like just like all right is this you know there is a they're a private company they can do what they want first of all so there is no you have to you have to political speech etc cetera, etc cetera. it's like no that doesn't apply here so that you know it's a company policy and if you're just not going to accept ads, just don't accept them across the board of like Democrat, Republican, you know, whatever it is, the category. If you get into nuance, that's where it gets to be like, it's a judgment call. And networks make this all the time. I mean, you've heard of ABC not airing sure. a Trump ad saying this, you know, had a falsehood. We're not airing it. CNN does this. So, you know, there's, there's, they're not the well, first people to have this happen. It's just like the latest one. Well, as we know, there's no controversy like a Disney controversy. Right? <laughs> this around, one has a bigger target on it. Yeah. Around exactly. political matters. Um, okay. 100%. So we just have a few more minutes. So, um, Sean, what, what's coming up next week? Sure. So uh, next weekend, the wake up, um, we will be having uh, it's a lot more the the um, studio time. So we have Paramount. We've got Warner Brothers Discovery. We've got Lionsgate all on the same day, because why would you spread that out? Uh, that's all next Thursday. So we'll be getting Paramount Plus numbers, HBO Max numbers, stars numbers. And Lionsgate has said by end of summer, they will have a spinoff sale, whatever they're doing with stars plan. So all eyes are on that. Um, you also have a little bit of digital advertising with the, uh, the New York Times as their call. So they'll be the next kind of digital publishing as digital publishing, seeing an ad pullback, um, not just the social media platforms. And then BuzzFeed is the week after that. So those are the two major public companies. Condé is not public and Box Media is not public. Box Media just laid off 40 people this week uh, yeah, so sad. in a small cutback. So it's explicitly saying advertising headwinds and all that. So that it seems like the, the New York Times is very telling. Um, if you're seeing that in is, is online digital publishing going to be hit uh, with this as well? IAC will also be an indicator at some point. So anyway, we uh, the streaming platforms will be getting a lot of numbers next week, and we'll be seeing a lot more. Comcast said there was no real advertiser pullback that they're seeing. Um, so they did go on, you know, in terms of the, terms of the TV business. They, was, they said they used the word it's choppy, which I'm like, well, that's not a good word to put out there. Um, <laughs> but in the sense that some sectors are fine, some sectors are not, you know, some like auto, you know, automobiles are down, this is up. So, the, but they weren't saying the material pullback coming in. So, Paramount Plus, HBO Max, they both have ad supported versions uh, of the streamers. Netflix, of course, was not part of this conversation. And Peacock was the first thing today, which didn't really come up. So we'll be keeping an eye on that uh, later next week. And then the digital digital publishing side of the business as well. Okay. I, and I just want to um, give you a huge shout out. The business analysis you do in the Wake Up Morning newsletter is so excellent. And I've heard from so many people in the last week that you can boil down these very complex and dry um, emphasis dry um, numbers yes. that come out of these earnings calls and sort of contextualize them in a way that is um, 
entertaining, dare I say, but also highly <laughs> informative. So um, everyone I hear the should same, be, by yeah. the way. And and people really like the 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 gifts that you use, like with you know the dumpster fire going down the river. <laughs> that could be that's almost in, every day. They, that's Instagram. <laughs> anytime I talk about Instagram, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so Sean, you're a bi-coastal hit then. If if uh, Tatiana's hearing this on her end, so I'll take it. Thank you um, very much. All right. So I uh so that's it for today. I can't we'll have so much more to talk about next time. Um Sean, um happy earnings listening and um Tatiana, I'm glad you're home safely from from Canada. From the dangerous throes <laughs> the of dangerous Canada. Miles of Canada. <laughs> you, you're a Canada survivor. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, remember to like and follow us um wherever you listen to your podcast and please subscribe to the Angler at theangler.com. See you next week.